Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Happy Friday. Game day tomorrow for SMU as they take on BYU at 6.30 p.m. Central on ABC, looking to capture that New Mexico Bowl victory over the Cougars and avenge the 1980, sorry, uh, Holiday Bowl comeback loss to the Cougars. Um, BYU sits at 3-0 in the series against SMU, but Rhett Lashley and that staff are looking to change that, get the first win over BYU in their 20th bowl bid overall as a program. SMU sits at 7-9-1, and one, uh, looking for their first win in 10 years, dating back to the 43-10 win over Fresno State in the Hawaii Bowl. SMU's made four straight uh, bowl seasons. They've only played one of those games back in 2019 uh, when uh, they blew it down in Boca Raton. SMU coming off that 34-31 win over Memphis. To close out the regular season, look, there's been a lot that has gone on in this program between transfer portal comings and goings, uh, but now it is time for football, real football, and a huge opportunity for SMU against a name opponent uh, who is headed off to the Big 12 next season. Um, look, the Cougars are in a kind of state of transition, and it's I've done two radio hits uh, with BYU radio stations, people who cover the Cougars out there. And a lot of people, especially the one that I went on this morning, talked about how this should be a cakewalk for SMU. And there are reasons why, but I informed them of Peruna's Law and why, why this is very much a game that, look, just past experiences, SMU has not shown up for. That's not to say this team can't show up or won't show up or won't win the game. But ABC, big name opponent, has a chance to vanquish some demons here and get the first win against BYU in the series, avenge the Holiday Bowl, do all those things. SMU, in its history, hasn't shown up for the big moments at times. Now, on paper, I do think this is an SMU team that should beat BYU based on where everything stands um, with BYU's program. They're just going through a, a transition right now. They fired their longtime defensive coordinator uh, and assistant head coach, uh, both coaches out the door. They fired the strength staff. They have GAs and analysts stepping into positions on the coaching staff to coach this team up. And they're without Jaron Hall uh, and I believe Jacob Conover, uh, their top two quarterbacks. Jaron Hall out for the rest of the season now after that ankle uh, injury against Stanford that he suffered. On the flip side, Conover transferred to Arizona Arizona State, which means, and this is another thing that I mentioned when I was asked about this game on the radio, Cade Finnegan is going to get the start. He is a Dallas native. He has not played this year. And all of that lines up for him to have a career night against SMU. I'm sorry, that's just Peruna's law. But in reality, if he's coming in cold, so to speak, and the weather will be very chilly in Albuquerque on a Saturday night when this game kicks off, theoretically, I mean, SMU should be able to find a way to at least limit him. Now, SMU's defense has struggled throughout the season, and especially defending the run, which with you ha with the Cougars having Cade Finnegan at quarterback, they're going to rely on that run game. Chris Brooks, 
uh, is going to be a factor there. He's kind of the top back uh, in this uh, offense right now. Uh, they have Hinkley Rapati and Miles Davis back there as well. Uh, and they've really played well as of late in the final month of the season. And this is a BYU offensive line and, and a program overall that has much older players than SMU. I believe one of the players was being interviewed and they had about 25, 30 wives uh, in attendance. And some of them obviously already have kids. So it's a very different type of um, college football player that SMU is going up against for the most part against BYU. And Kate Finnegan is expected to really, you know, hand the ball off, manage the game, do all those things. And SMU's rush defense, and you look at it without Terrence Newman, going to be tough sledding uh, in a way for SMU's defense, I would imagine, even though, look, the game plan has to be sellout to stop the run. I mean, that that's just my opinion. If BYU is going to beat you over the top in some of those scenarios, I don't know if they have the, the firepower offensively to keep up with SMU. Um, even without Rasheed Rice, I, that's you've got to sell out to stop the run. You can't have BYU control the clock, take away a lot of possessions for SMU by milking it. This needs to be a, a situation where all eyes got to be focused on the run. If you get beat over the top a couple times, honestly, no harm, no foul. You just can't let BYU gash you, wear you out, completely take your offense off the field. That's the worry. The over-under set on this game, I believe 64. SMU sitting as a four-point favorite, I believe, as it closed, um, or not, ha hasn't closed, but um, opened as a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, now opens as SMU minus four in this one. And uh, I think I think that's about right. You know, BYU is going to start a quarterback who hasn't uh, played all season. The two other options, uh, Soljay Malave, uh, Mayava Peters and Nick Billups uh, are the two guys behind him. All three have not thrown a pass this season. I remember Soljay when he was coming out. Uh, he was kind of on LSU's radar as a prospect. Um, they didn't end up moving on him or anything like that. But um, look, the, the story going into this one will be Cade Finnegan, Dallas native, getting a chance to play uh, for BYU and, and maybe shock the world. Um, played for Woodrow Wilson uh, and ends up at BYU. I think if you're SMU, and again, they should be pretty healthy going into this one for the most part outside of, you know, not having Rasheed Rice and Jalen Thomas, who have shut things down to get uh, healthy uh, for their NFL draft process. Uh, and Terrence Newman, who's out for the rest of the year, should be a, a team that's healthy. Kamar Wheaton was a full go at practice this week. Um, TJ McDaniel, Tyler Levine, Belton Gardner, all those guys were a full go. Then you look at SMU's wide receiver room without Rasheed Rice. You're going to have Moochie Dixon, Jordan Curley, Austin Upshaw, Roderick Daniels. Um, Teddy Knox was out there running around. They've even mentioned, you know, Carter Campbell, Hudson Shrum, uh, guys like that uh, that have been kind of around, um, you know, this season for SMU. And I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be one where SMU is going to have to take care of the football. That's going to be critical – um, when it comes to limiting mistakes, because if BYU is going to be committed to the run and you're already going to lose out on some opportunities to, you know, have as many offensive possessions as you normally have, I think it's very important that you make the most of them. That means continued success in the red zone. SMU has been very good in the red zone as of late. Um, and 
you've got to take care of the football. And for the most part, outside of the Tulane game, they've done a much better job in November doing that. And they won the turnover battle against Memphis 1-0 to on that final interception. Bessem, you can find a way to make Cade Finnegan make a mistake, capitalize with a turnover forced on him, turnover or two. That would be the recipe for success. Obviously, they have got to open up with running the football. Tyler Levine, Velton Gardner, TJ McDaniel, Kamar Wheaton, just let them go. Um, I, I think SMU's at its best when it's been able to establish that ground game early, and especially with Tyler Levine. Kamar Wheaton had had shown some flashes as, as he got the start against USF, for example, um, and even you know had a nice start against Tulane, just kind of you know, petered out and uh, he got hurt in that one. But this is a, an offense that has shown that when they're running the football, it gives them a little bit more momentum, gives them a little bit more confidence. They seem to play with more pace when that happens. So um, I think that's going to be key. And, and without Rasheed Rice, you know, I think that's an important bit of balance um, for SMU that they need to have in, in its uh, repertoire for this one. And on top of it, you look at BYU's linebacker core, they are really, really thin going into this one. Keenan Pilly is a team captain. He's out. Um, they have a backup reserve uh, linebacker in Tate Romney, who's out the door to Arizona State. Uh, Peyton Wilgar and Max Tooley are two starters that are going to be out as well. So um, this is a BYU team that is missing a lot, and they were not good this year, um, ranking right around 100 in total defense. Um, yes, they've made their defensive coordinator higher, but they really haven't you know, implemented any of that just yet. Um, this is going to be an opportunity for SMU to, when you look back at that Frisco Bowl, when Sonny Dykes, you know, coached that first game, that was kind of, that's not similar to what BYU is working with, but it's not far off there. And, and that was with before the transfer portal era too, missing some key guys here uh, and players that have gone to the NFL draft. I believe they lost one of their top tight ends. They lost one of their offensive linemen who got uh, surgery done. So there's a lot at stake here for SMU in terms of finishing out their regular season strong. I think the key thing here um, is starting fast. And the worry about, again, Pruna's Law uh, would be coming out on a cold night on an ABC broadcast and, and not being ready to go. And Look, I think there's some credence to that. I think both teams, if you look at, you know, the over-under set at 64, it's going to be really chilly out there. Um, I think if BYU's running the football, I would almost take the under on this one. But here's the thing. SMU has a chance to be successful this this game. BYU's defense is so bad. Even on the radio this morning, the show that I was on, they were saying, look, Tanner Mordecai, you know, we've seen what he could do. We've watched a couple of games, you know, 15 touchdowns and two interceptions in his last, um, I think it was three or four games. They're like, he's going to have his, he's going to go out on top here. He's going to have a huge performance uh, ahead of going into the NFL draft. And look, I told them, I said, that could very well happen. The same token, you know, SMU hasn't been perfect. Their, their margin for error is razor thin. Um, across the board this season and they've won a lot of the game they've won pretty much all the games they were supposed to win the games that they didn't against better opponents um, for the most part and also when they shot themselves in the foot so 
SMU is going to have to take care of the football. They're going to have to give Cannon Mordecai time as well, which BYU has 13 sacks on the season in 12 games. That is not getting it done in the pass rush department. And I think, look, BYU's defense tends to keep things in front of them in a way. Um, I know that's hard to say when they are as bad as they are, but that is their style. That is what they want to do. Um, so SMU facing that kind of drop eight look, very conservative style of defense, that's going to be something to watch as Tanner Mordecai will have to stay patient. I think this is a great opportunity to get RJ Maryland involved, give Muji, Muji Dixon some confidence going into the offseason. And you look at what uh, jo- uh, Jake um, Jordan Curley has been able to do he's going to get some opportunities. So I think a strong ground game will be important. SMU is going to miss Jalen Thomas, but he's going to have somebody like a Justin Osborne or a Ben Sparks stepping into his role. The rest of the offensive line will be intact. Marcus Bryant, Joe Bissinger, Branson Hickman, and um, right tackle Owen Condon. Uh, So those guys will be in place. And I, I feel like, look, this is on paper, and with where BYU's at with its transition, this is one that you you have to like where SMU stands on paper. But again, kind of those X factors, like can they be ready to go mentally? Can they pull it all together um, in a in a deal where they've probably practiced for about 10 days, eight, eight to 10 days, I would think. Uh, that's going to be important. I think this is a, a good opportunity to, to really keep it basic for SMU. And when SMU's offense has been at its best, it's been pretty basic. You know, the the window dressing with the jet sweeps, um, you know, trying to get too smart with the running back rotation and how you get guys involved in the run game. When those things happen, the offense stalls out. They've been able to be at their best when they're just running the football getting some of their playmakers involved with very simple concepts. I mean, honestly, that's how much talent SMU does have on this team when they're healthy. That's just the reality. They're that good. BYU's defense, that bad. Um, and we'll note that the really the, the worst part of BYU's defense is their rush defense. So another reason to attack that defense uh, with the run game as well. Um, they will also potentially be missing um, Puka Nakua, uh, one of their top receivers, a big body. Uh, he's battling an injury right now. It sounds like he's going to be able to go, but they've spread it around to their top three receivers with uh, Nakua, Keanu Hill, uh, who's a big body, 6'4", 215, and uh, Cody Epps as well, uh, kind of a slot guy there. So, uh, look, I mean, this is an opportunity, I, I think, for SMU to kind of vanquish the final um, demons uh, from the past seasons. They didn't finish well in November. They finished well in November, three and one in their last four. Um, won, I believe, five of their last seven. Uh, now you look at bowl bowl games. Haven't won one since 2012. This is a part of that finish strong mentality. Uh, Tanner Mordecai did speak to the team on Tuesday after practice, and you know asked for that opportunity. And I think that says a lot about you know how much this matters to him. They obviously didn't get to play in last year's bowl. This is his first bowl game in terms of playing, I'm pretty sure. I'd have to really go back and see if he got any mop-up duty at OU. Um, but this is this is his first bowl game as a starter. Um, so he wants to go out with a bang. It's his last game as a Mustang. And then you have some other players like Austin Upshaw, uh, you know, playing his final game 
had had that bad taste in his mouth from the 2018 game or the 2019 game uh, in Boca. So I think for this team, you know, they were loose. It seemed like in practice, they kind of traded jersey numbers. You know, players traded and uh, had some fun with it. Um, and look, you're you're going over to a place you've never been. You're going to play in the cold. I mean, you're going to play at elevation. That's not something to joke around about. SMU has to be good about hydrating in these final 24 hours leading up to it. And and certainly they'll, they'll need to rotate as much as they can. Like on the offensive line, I would like to see Justin Osborne, Ben Sparks kind of rotate in with Joe Bissinger, you know, kind of rotate those three guys. Branson Hickman, you're going to have to play the whole game. Um, and, and probably the tackles with where that position is, you're going to have to do that as well. But defensively, you've got, you know, Jimmy Phillips, Isaac Slade, Matatia, Shannon Reed playing their final games, but they need Jaquandis Burns to keep stepping up. Um, we've seen some some defensive line depth uh, that has left uh, the program, you know, with, with Terrence Newman now out for the rest of the season. Probably not going to see Stephon Wright as well. Uh, and then you have, um, you know, Darren Brown, who I guess would be questionable. I didn't notice him at practice for the bowl games, but I could be wrong. He entered the transfer portal as well. Um, so where does that room all stand? Uh, that'll be key. They, they need to rotate. They'll have Jaden Jones, they'll have Isaiah Smith, Gary Wiley, guys like that on the edge. They'll have to rotate a good bit and, and see where it goes from there. And look, I think part of this too is, you know, the motivation of this team needs to be tied to, you know, what you want people to be saying about you at, over the course of the offseason. And I think you can separate these two things pretty clearly, okay? There's, there's a strong finish to the regular season, which does build momentum. And I think the coaching staff certainly fed off of that when they went out in the transfer portal. The team's feeling good. Then on the other side of it, though, you do need to end this bowl drought of winless bowl games uh, because this is – it's one of those things where, you know, if you don't, you didn't show up in 2019 and look, BYU had a really disappointing performance in the Independence Bowl last year against UAB. They're going to be motivated as well. This isn't a one-sided motivation uh, type of bowl game. Uh, these are two teams that want to win this bowl game badly. Um, and, and I think it's just all mental when it comes to these things, because you have this small window of time to prepare for these games um, and, and SMU and, BYU have, uh, you know, approached it very differently. They, they haven't necessarily, um, you know, done it the same. BYU has been on the field as much as they could uh, going into it. And um, SMU, meanwhile, you know, had to address their roster for next season with the transfer portal. It worked out very well. Players were talking about it this week, how it's kind of, you know, it's fun. It's fun to see them bring in good players and build this roster up for next year. So um, Nick Roberts will be playing his final game as well at SMU. So, uh, that's going to be one where he could kind of potentially check it off again with with a nice performance. Um, I, I feel like when it comes to a prediction, this is a good opportunity to showcase where this program has grown in terms of finishing and bearing down on big games. Look, you could say what you want about how they came out against TCU. That was a, a perfect storm of you know, bad mistakes, but they ended up battling back. They They weren't good enough that day to, to get the win. There's no question. Um, Tulane was the really the, the one where they didn't show up. For the most part this season, this, this team has really showed up and played really hard and, and kept battling and doing all those things. And they're an imperfect team without a doubt. But one thing they could really, really stamp their mark on this season and what they want to be known for is if they really show up and play play hard and start fast against BYU, 
that would be a really good sign going into the offseason. And if they do that, I think they win. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. If you get into a slow start situation and everything's kind of bogged down, whether it's both both teams are bogged down or whatnot, that's where you're going to get into a dogfight. Um, that's where, you know, BYU with their veteran t- players and um, their their overall game plan could ruin SMU's chance to win that game um, just because you get into the ground and pound and things like that, which I think BYU will have success with against SMU's defense. SMU's rush defense just isn't good enough. Um, so you're you're going to be in a game where it could it's going to be very physical. They're going to have to withstand that um, push from BYU's offensive line, which has been playing well on the ground as of late. But I think SMU is is motivated to make this one happen. I really do. Um, and it's just a matter of hanging in there. It's kind of like the Memphis game. That Memphis game was starting to unravel a little bit, but they turned it around. Kevin Henry Jennings with that big drive. Tanner Mordecai comes out paddles back he's good to go for this game I think you look at this one in kind of a similar light it's going to be chilly it's going to be nasty it's going to be played at elevation can SMU come out and be ready to go I I think they can what does that look like does that mean they come out and score two straight possessions and they you know limit BYU to a field goal out of their first two I don't know if that that's how it ends up playing out but I do think as long as they're hanging in there and they're battling and they're not looking disorganized and they're not looking um, like they they truly um, don't care, which I don't think this team has really showed that much this this year. Uh, they'll be able to hang in there. And then you just figure out a way to make adjustments, which I think this offense has done for the most part pretty well this year, and try to get on track and start, you know, churning and burning some yards up and 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 controlling the game and dictating how BYU might have to play it because I think there's only one way BYU wants to play this game. That's ground and pound. Um, I, I was on one of the radio stations and they said when Conover came in, in one of the games as the backup, they ran it 11 straight times in that game. They didn't even let him drop back. So I think that's where the commitment's going to be from BYU. If you're SMU, they've got three talented backs. They've got a big offensive line. You've got to be ready to go to war in this one. It's football weather in, in its finest form. Um, should be a fun one. I've heard a lot of people are going, so hopefully you guys all have a good time in Albuquerque. As far as my prediction goes, over-under set at 64. I I think SMU can get to that 35-point marker. BYU's been giving up 30 points a game. I'm going to say SMU wins 38-31, avenges the 1980 Holiday Bowl, and is able to move on uh, with a 8-5 and five season, which would be terrific. Uh, for SMU and, and certainly build even more momentum going into uh, this offseason uh, for the Mustangs and Rhett Lashley. And um, they certainly have gotten that from the transfer portal uh, side of things. We talked a lot about that on the podcast earlier this week. Wanted to really preview this game. We just had our subscriber mailbag. All those questions be submitted. I'm going to cover those Um hopefully uh, by the end of the weekend, get you out of podcast, at least for Monday morning. And then we'll preview early signing period. And we're, we're just, we're riding into uh, the Christmas little lull there um, on, on a high note um, with the early signing period. Going to be a lot of fun at on the pony $10 for a year. We've had a bunch of people sign up. Thank you to you guys who have gone out, spread the word through the word of mouth and gotten more signups. Uh, Diamond Tom on the board, for example, three signups. Couchum set a goal of 12. That is awesome. Like, thank you guys. It really means a lot. 
We'll grow this thing. We'll get people signed up and, and uh, hopefully, you know, it continues to grow and um, this thing will only continue to take off. So appreciate all you guys who have uh, let people know about our $10 uh, for a year deal that'll run through this weekend um, through the bowl game and, and get you, get you lined up for early signing period. Uh, if you're looking for a good deal, so it'll end Sunday night. So be sure to check that out. Uh, $10 for a year at ontheponyexpress.com. Please hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel as well. We're nearing that 400 subscriber mark on the YouTube channel. So please um, check that out. Uh, if you do subscribe to the site, make sure you pick up your founders club hat that's included. That information is on the board as well. So some housekeeping out of the way. Um, as far as the mailbag questions, we got a ton of good ones. Um, one overarching one that I'm going to talk about because I, I think you're going to kind of hit a little bit of a lull here um, is the transfer classes. Um, one question from uh, Zizero to any sense of the guys who shut it down earlier this season still intend to enter the portal. Have any changed their minds? I've been rather surprised not to see any of the expected names out there with all the other activity in the quote portal. That's an inside joke for you guys on the message board. Uh, I think for the guys who, who have shut it down from earlier in the season, that list is Chase Cromarty who entered the portal. He's gone. Isaiah Wachobia, Roderick Daniels, and Jalen Record. Uh, Roderick Daniels just signed a deal with uh, uh, Pony Sports DTX. Um, so he looks like he's going to be back. Um, and I think, look, when we reported that, we nailed Chase Cromartie. That was the decision that was made. And then Roderick Daniels did leave the team uh, and was expected to sit out. And then his dad passed away. Uh, and Rhett Lashley and uh, the staff met with him again and decided, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. You can come back. And they they figured out different ways to use him. And I think that's important, too. His his role, his usage, all of those things have completely changed. Um, and so I think for him, I would imagine he stays, I think. And I just feel like he's going uh, in the right direction that he wants to be going. And if you look at his usage, it's fun ways to get him the ball. I'm excited to see if they have any wrinkles uh, for him. I know he's been, you know, at running back, he's been at wide out, he's been in the return game. So I mean, how many different ways can you get him the ball? But I'm interested to see if they have any wrinkles lined up for him. And then two interesting ones, Isaiah, Isaiah Wachobia and Jalen Record are very interesting. Because if you go out to practice, they're not doing much right now. Um, Isaiah is continuing to rehab uh, his hamstring injury that Rhett Lashley has talked about. What that means for him long term, I'm not sure. Haven't really heard much on either one of those guys. But, you know, Jaylene Record uh, is dressed out in practice. He's a scout team player. Uh, I haven't heard anything new. I, I would I, I think there are going to be some more conversations after this bowl game. Um, I don't expect Isaiah to play, I would say, as of now. Um, and then Jaylene, I, I, I mean, I don't think he might see some snaps. I'm not sure. But um, look, I, there's a window that goes with the portal until January 18th. And so that gets you to the first day of classes for SMU, which is January 17th. So those guys could, and this is something I learned today, actually, uh, those guys could wait 
look like they're going to stay with the team and then enter that Monday, the 17th, sit down in a classroom and be in the portal and have the whole year to go through their process or the, the semester to go through their process. They could uh, end up entering after the, the bowl game. They could end up coming back after the break and saying, you know what? I want to be here. So um, that window is when players can enter. So the window runs until the 18th. So after that, they can't until May again, if they don't want to. But look, I, I haven't heard anything yet that makes me want to change what I'd heard. And I felt really good about what I had heard early this fall as well. So um, I, I do think that both of those players that are probably still going through that process are going to find out that the grass might not be greener on the other side, especially I would say in Jaylene's case, just because he's undersized, he hasn't really broken out or anything like that. Isaiah, young prospect, still certainly has some upside, but those guys, I would say right now, um, you know, don't don't have too much, um, you know, they, they, there's no buzz that they've really changed their mind um, in terms of uh, their decision-making process. Let me see if there's any other quick mailbag questions that I could hit on before we do the full podcast on that. Um, doesn't seem like there are, uh, there are too many um, going on right now. We'll certainly have more um, on uh, next week's Transfer Portal uh, podcast. Yeah, I think right now we're going to shut this one down for you guys, let you guys get to your Friday. Um, hope you guys enjoy the game. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun one. I'll be watching from the state championships. I'll have a little video on the side of the screen there um, and doing some updates. Excited to watch Jaden Milner-Jones uh, and DeSoto go after a state championship on Saturday. Um, or actually, I think they're uh, I think they're Saturday. Um, but um, you've got Jaden Milner-Jones and DeSoto uh, going after a state championship this weekend. Uh, they actually face Austin Vandegrift uh, with a fellow SMU commit, um, Day-Day Wimberly, one of the underrated defensive linemen, I think, in the state of Texas this year. I'm excited to see him. I actually, actually get to see him play in person now for the first time. I hadn't been able to get, make it down to Austin to see him this year. They're playing at 3 o'clock, AT&T Stadium, DeSoto versus Vandegrift. And then you have South Oak Cliff um, facing off against Portnacious uh, Grove um, on Friday. I believe they're the Friday night game. I'm pretty sure. Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. Um, uh, sorry, they are the... Nope, hold on. Seven PM Friday night at AT and T Stadium. So as you're listening to this, potentially South Oak Cliff will be battling Port Natchez Grove uh, for a state championship. Um, Abdul Muhammad, safety commit for SMU, and Randy Reese, wide receiver commit, both looking for that second straight championship ring. Randy Reese is out for the game. He's out for the season. He got hurt earlier in the playoffs. Abdul Muhammad, you'll see him play a little nickel safety um, and kind of be moved around a little bit in that sock defense. So. Um, if you're pl if you're planning on heading out to the games, let me know. Um, I will be out there, uh, of course, watching all the SMU commits go after these state championships for Mustangs uh, headed to AT&T Stadium to play. So be sure to tune into those two before for sure. Uh, 7 p.m. Friday for South Oak Cliff, Port Natchez Grove, 3 p.m. 
uh, on uh, Saturday for uh, DeSoto versus Austin Vandergriff. So with that, guys, we're going to shut down this edition of the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we will catch you guys next week. A lot of podcasting to come over the next few days. I'm excited to kind of bring that to you. Um, I'll also be headed down to Florida for um, Christmas break and kind of spending some time with family. So we'll be doing a little podcasting to kind of keep you guys up to date, um, do an early signing period wrap up as well for you guys on um, 22nd. I think most everyone's going to sign on the 21st for SMU. I don't think anybody has a 22nd or 23rd ceremony ceremony. So with that, be sure to tune in. Lots of info to come to the board. $10 for the entire year of OnThePonyExpress.com. Basically a free trial. So check it out. Head over to OnThePonyExpress.com. Pick up a subscription. Please spread the word. If you uh, get someone signed up, let me know. Have that person DM me and let them know, hey, so-and-so referred me. I'm on board now. Um, and I'll give you a free month to your subscription. So appreciate all you guys who have done that already. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the state championships if you head out there. Uh, and and we will uh, catch you guys later with another edition of On the Pony Express podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.